coming to you from our new home at DynastyLeagueFootball.com and a DLF family of podcasts. We are the Superflex Super Show. We talk QB values, Superflex strategies, evaluate and debate Superflex trades, plus our own twist on Superflex team management with exercises like Tinderflex, Super 6, and You Are Nuts. So when you're done with this awesome DLF podcast, find us on Twitter at Superflex Show and join us in the discussion of the fastest growing format in all of fantasy football, Superflex, on the Superflex Super Show. Hello and welcome back to the Dynasty Crossroads. My name is Peter Howard at PA Howdy on Twitter. I'm usually joined by my co-host Jake Anderson at Jake Anderson FF on Twitter. Unfortunately, life has been keeping him away from the podcast and the Crossroads for a little while here, so it's mostly just with me. Last week I was joined by John Bosch. That was a little fun. Put me back on an even keel, I think. Thank you, John, once again for coming on. Um, this week I actually have a someone else to come on and keep me on the rails but unfortunately he's not able to record like now in the week and we're gonna have to leave it a little later and so I wanted to record something just to keep us on schedule producing content for the crossroads quote-unquote audience and um, you know if you're not producing you're not doing nothing so uh, just trying to keep the rhythm going here hopefully he'll be able to come on this weekend and maybe we'll have a second crossroads episode for the week which you know might be pretty cool his name's Garrett he goes by the Twitter handle Bear Den Sports or Bear Den Network sorry Bear Den Network is his at Um, his name for some reason is slightly different Bear Den Sports haven't spoken to him a lot. He seems like a pretty good, seems like a pretty good guy. Knows a lot about football, and he's someone that wants to talk about football with me. You know, once you burn out all your friends, really, all you've got left to do is to make new ones. And so Garrett's going to come on and try to talk trade targets with me. And like I say, hopefully, uh, keep me on the rails, keep the good path that John Bosch has laid out for us uh, here on the crossroads, which leaves me kind of. Uh, wondering what to do <laughs> what should I talk about um in the end I just decided to talk about Odell Beckham and Cleveland because of all the situations that are sticking out right now is fairly odd um Cleveland's one that I just want to talk about I got a question or two about it this week and so I thought I'd talk about it and dig into it a little further today so what's going on with Odell Beckham now the other player that really sticks out right now is DeAndre Hopkins, but I think everyone's aware of that. Um, they're both getting surprisingly similar volume numbers in a number of ways, and so I actually think it's an interesting comparison point. Now, to start off from the beginning, Hopkins and Odo Beckham and Jarvis Landry, as a matter of fact, are three of four players with over 23% of their team's target share and who are currently ranked outside the top 24 in points per game. 
something that everyone who has them on their rosters is very, very painfully aware of. Uh, they're averaging about, you know, between six and eight points per game uh, between the three for the season. And it's been a crushing season for all three. The other guy, by the way, outside the top 24 with over over 23, well, over 24%, really, because if we say over 23, we have to go include Larry Fitzgerald and a couple of others who are a little bit closer and to the top 24 so over over 24 percent of the target share um the other guy is actually uh jameson crowder but but we know what's going on there right he gets zero red zone work and his his targets are basically running back handoffs at this point in his career and so there's very little value in his targets but hopkins and odo beckham specifically are both still uh averaging a target depth of uh 12 yards down the line at 12 yards beyond the line of scrimmage so they both got still got pretty decent adots um, and they actually both have mega target shares. Like Odo Beckham's right now for the season is at 28. And I think if I were to check that uh, DeAndre Hopkins is probably even higher. Uh, for some reason, I've lost DeAndre Hopkins. If anyone finds DeAndre Hopkins, let me know uh, where he is. Oh, there he is. Um, yeah, he's actually averaging 28% for the season as well. So again, they both have strikingly similar numbers, both in ADOT and in target share. Um, and so I just thought, especially with Landry also underperforming with over 25%, I just thought Cleveland made an interesting study. Now, it's no surprise to anyone to hear that the Cleveland Browns as a team are struggling right now. Um, and they're going into a difficult matchup this week in, you know, real actionable terms. The Seahawks defense, if I skip over to my... Um, uh, team against stats sheet which is something I've been producing lately uh, the, the stats each uh, defense is producing um, versus each position se across several efficiency metrics and we skip over to Cleveland's game here this week they're going up against the Seahawks and for wide receivers they've allowed um, minus 2.10% receiving TDs um, compared to league average so the Seahawks defense isn't what it was but it's still holding people to pretty low numbers compared to what's happening for the season and that's not adjusted for level of competition but it's the same across the board to be honest with you from receiving touchdowns to uh, reception percentage to um, even receiving yards and rushing yards uh, for, <laughs> for wide receivers because they track them for all positions but um, yeah, they're about average or significantly below average in terms of allowing things to wide receivers now I try not to overweight matchup and so that's one of the reasons I'm interested in um, Odo Beck specifically this week um like in dfs deandre hopkins comes out as a top value for me just because he's underperforming and almost no one's got concerns about the team whereas odo beckham who's underperforming everyone's got questions about the team and they're going into a tough matchup so it might make an interesting um dfs decision or dfs pivot this week i don't know i'm not really a dfs guy and um, but in terms of dynasty just before you do anything thinking about odo beckham and deandre hopkins if you are worried about them at all like, you know what to do. You go outside, you give yourself a firm slap on the face until you wake up and realize that that's just not something you do with these two guys. And that's why that's so interesting to find them with huge volume numbers outside the top 24. Like, just to be clear here, the slap on the face message wasn't enough. There is no question these are two of the best players in the league. Even I admit that about Drandre Hopkins. Like, he's permanently inefficient and much like Mike Evans but in a very different way 
Um, but not even I'm willing to try and throw shade at DeAndre Hopkins' overall ability and what he's proven on the football field. Like, I'll do that to Mike Evans, despite his high volume numbers because of his inefficiency, but I've never come close to doing it with DeAndre Hopkins. But uh, both of these players have more than proven as top talents in the NFL overall, let alone at their position. And so to find them with epic volume numbers outside of the top 24, and, and frankly, Jarvis Landry, for what he is, he's, he's a top 24 wide receiver at least and he's been a top 12 wide receiver twice if memory serves so he's very well proven as well um and that gives us a baseline to work from player they didn't suddenly forget to have to play football uh, as the saying goes so now the explanation is actually remarkably simple and again i don't think i'm blowing my mind anyone's mind with my stats on odo beckham i think everyone knows what's going on i just thought i might be able to bring some sort of perspective to it um and I found it interesting. Uh, Odo Beckham right now, like I said, has a 28% target share. He's averaging 8.6 targets per game. Now, looking on a week-by-week basis, those targets have, again, for the team through the first five weeks, um, Odo Beckham's target share has actually remained stable. Interestingly enough, as we predicted... Um, Jarvis Landry didn't go away just because Odell Beckham's here. All that's happening is that everyone else has a sub-4% um, target share, and these two are dominating targets. The next two uh, players on the roster are actually Nick Chubb and Damian Ratley. Ratley's has a like an 8% target share, and Nick Chubb has a 13% target share, which actually makes me really excited about him in Dynasty, just in case anyone was also tilting on the talent that is Nick Chubb. Like, he's showing some great things this season as well, despite the team's overall production seeming to hold all its star players back. But the fact that all of this opportunity is going into these three players tells you a lot about those players, that these players are still good. I, I really don't see anything in these numbers to say anything outside of that. So what is going with the overall production? Because like I said, he's averaging 8.6 um, targets per game, and he's averaging 8 points per game, and that's not a random variable. If we we look at that on a week-by-week basis, Odell Beckham has been uh, consistently um, disappointing week to week. Uh, in week one, he scored 14 points. In week two, he did get 28 points and looked something like what we expected for this season, but since then, it's just been a declining uh, problem from 11 uh, points to 4 points to 5 points and now trade rumors circling around Twitter and, and the fantasy football universe might put us in a, a little bit of a quandary about what's going on with Odell Beckham. What's going on is efficiency. Uh, there's no other way of putting it. Odell Beckham isn't doing well and certainly not doing what we would expect him to do on this volume. Now the fact again that he's earning the volume to me suggests that he's still just as good as he ever was and this is probably more of a team situation. However I would point out that in terms of value for those targets despite Despite being 12 yards down the field, uh, or beyond the line of scrimmage, according to his ADOT, um, his red zone targets aren't exactly what you'd want. That's why touchdowns aren't supporting his production, uh, as they have been some other wide receivers in similar uh, poor team situations. Um, Jarvis Landry is actually leading the team in red zone targets, so inside the 20-yard line. He's got five targets on the year and zero touchdowns, so he's actually underperforming his targets in the red zone, and he could be due some regression just inside the 20-yard line. Odo Beckham only has three on the season. He's also underperforming, having caught no touchdowns on there. And something I want to point out about the sample size of the red zone, even five weeks in, five targets is a lot inside the red zone, and that means two targets one way or the other, and suddenly five doesn't look like such a good number for Jarvis Landry. In other words, it's another small sample size trap, but it is an interesting pattern of usage. Essentially, they're splitting the targets inside the red zone, um, and Nick Chubb's getting the majority of red zone 
touches where the team is leaning heavily on the run and um, he's actually got 11 uh, rushing attempts inside the 20 and two targets so he has uh, 32% of the team's overall volume in the red zone so if you're looking for value in terms of just the touches that a player is getting Nick Chubb is probably more able to bolster his volume in a poor situation because he's getting so much red zone work Odell Beckham doesn't have that, or at least he doesn't have that right now. And because the team's overperforming, I don't know how much we can trust the potential regression compared to average of touchdowns caught on the type of targets they're getting inside the 20. And so that's a problem as well. So... I dug into it a little further, and I went over to airyards.com, which is a wonderful website, as you all know, and if you don't, you should visit it regularly and find out. Um, And on airyards.com, what you can do is you can plot a receiver's efficiency against their targets, literally target by target on a graph. Um, It's one of my favorite ways of trying to understand what's going on um, in terms of the performance of a player on a target-by-target basis. Um, If you don't like grass, it's probably not going to be enjoyable for you, so I did it for you. Um, Odell Beckham is basically league average on his targets, and the weird thing is is that Odell Beckham is supremely not the league average on his targets. Like I said with DeAndre Hopkins, we can actually expect some inefficiency. He's averaging about a 0.66 racer. Now, the league average is about 0.7. DeAndre Hopkins doesn't concern me at 0.66. I think everyone's right that he's going to bounce back and bounce back soon and probably in a big way maybe this week. So there are a lot less concerns about DeAndre Hopkins, again, primarily if nothing else because the team is not underperforming to the degree that we, uh, that the Cleveland Browns is compared to what we expected. So Odell Beckham, on the other hand, we don't expect inefficiency. He's efficient on his targets. That's what Odo Beckham is, and we know that. So if we had a Jake on the show, I could ask more about what's going on on a target-by-target basis, but where a Muggins like me watches it and just thinks, wow, these players all look athletic and cool, I can't provide much information about the type of targets he's getting, whether Baker Mayfield is just inaccurate, whether it's the offensive line. I do read a lot, obviously, about fantasy football, and I'm hearing a lot about the offensive line and Baker Mayfield looking skittish in the pocket, moving earlier than you would expect, not hanging in. So maybe that's part of it, but most Mostly these stats, volume and efficiency on that air yard volume, the racer stat, that's mostly a wide receiver stat in that they, what I mean is that the receiver is responsible for that efficiency. It's harder to blame the situation or the quarterback. So I actually think there's definitely something going on with Odo Beckham. Now we expect something like this when a team when a wide receiver switches teams and that's most of the victory laps i'm seeing when odo beckham is mentioned it's surprisingly unmentioned both hopkins and odo beckham are getting a lot of at least in my small bubble mentions and it seems to be one of the curiosities to me in the 2019 season right now um and most of the victory lap revolve around wide receivers losing a certain percentage of the production when they switch teams but i maintain this is a different kind of switching team situation than we typically see i don't think we can really compare it to most the only one i could up with in the offseason was Brandon Cooks being traded from the Saints. Like a wide receiver in his prime that is proven far above average in terms of talent, I don't think we can compare that to most situations where a player switches team. But um, the pattern's proving true, and so like I say, I, I see a lot of those mentioned. So when I say there's something definitely going on with Odo Beckham, I don't mean he's no longer good. What I mean is there's something more than he switched teams, and there's something more than the offensive line and Baker Mayfield struggling. I think Odo Beckham should be able to do better on his targets than he's currently doing. Um, but you know, just in case, you know, since Odo Beckham obviously listens, that wasn't a challenge. That wasn't like saying I would or anyone would. Um, it's just putting all the numbers together 
that seems to be what's going on. Odo Beckham isn't quite firing on his targets. Now, the fact he's earning such a significant volume, both in terms of A-yards and in terms of target share, again, that is a talent stat. Odo Beckham's talent has gone nowhere. And I tried to fade the situation narrative. Another feather in the try not to overread situation too hard when you know you've got a talented player. Cortland Sutton right now, you know, as a prequel for my players to trade for, is breaking out to a significant degree over a very talented receiver in Emmanuel Sanders with Joe Flacco at quarterback and the struggling Denver offense. Like, what you basically need is average. Now, what Odo Beckham is getting, probably a little below average right now, but I still think we should have seen more value spikes in just week two when he had 28 points. So, what's my conclusion here? Odo Beckham is suffering some efficiency variance. Um, He is more efficient than he is displaying right now and honestly if you were to call me on it I would say I will not take Odo Beckham out my lineup right now and that's not just a start your studs argument that's a volume argument that's literally what we're meant to be chasing on a week-to-week basis it's volume DeAndre Hopkins and Odo Beckham have almost identical positives in the volume section just because DeAndre Hopkins is spiking in efficiency a little bit more and therefore remaining a little more stable week-to-week um, like he's getting between 12 and 14 points every week or so. He's had a few damn weeks too. Um, and Odo Beckham only has this one real spike week. That to me is just a variance of efficiency. I think Odo Beckham's going to fall into production just because of his talent and the amount of opportunity he's earning. Um, again, I can't read into the trade rumors anymore. I think that's mostly stuff that we understand what it meant after the fact. Like, if Odo Beckham goes out there against the Seahawks defense this year and dominates this week, then everyone will be like, oh, the trade motivation, you know, he had to prove himself. And so, and if he doesn't, it'll be there's something wrong with Odo Beckham or that got in his head. We're only going to know the story of that after the fact because we don't know these guys and we don't know how it's going to affect their mental state or anything like that. But just... On a broader level, Odo Beckham's getting the volume like DeAndre Hopkins. He's suffering from efficiency a little harder than we'd expect based on his personal history and comparing him to someone like DeAndre Hopkins in a similar situation with epic talent, albeit very different talent. So I'm going to keep rolling Odo Beckham out there. And Jarvis Landry's an every week start as well. Now the Browns are struggling. They're up against a difficult matchup this week. And in Dynasty, you might honestly be facing the decision of like a Cooper Cup versus an Odo Beckham or Jarvis Landry. And there there's no question because Cooper Cup not only has the volume, but he's also producing on it. So I get that kind of question. But I think in most redraft leagues, there's rarely going to be a wide receiver on your bench outside of Cortland Sutton, maybe, that you drafted as your wide receiver three or that you drafted or picked up off the waiver wire with the same level of volume and the proven talent or the proving talent even in the case of Cortland Sutton. So I doubt there's someone that I'd really uh, substitute him out for. If there is, go for it. And speaking of Cooper Cup, by the way, uh, while I was looking through the numbers, the other wide receiver I noticed getting the similar amount of volume and slightly underperforming right now is Robert Woods. He's lost his red zone work, but just based on yards per target, he could catch a touchdown unexpectedly based on recent performances fairly soon in the next few weeks. So I'm not entirely giving up uh, on Robert Woods right now, although I do think we're seeing more of a normalized target share than we did last year, where three wide receivers were trying to catch... 20% of the team's target share. That's That that happened once, twice, actually. Both times it was Peyton Manning's probably, pro- probably something to do with that. So, moving on. To put more feathers in the volume cap, um, 
something that's popular to look at. Instead of looking at racer, um, uh, just looking at raw air yards, I think people are more comfortable playing a player when they know they're in the top 12 of air yards or anything. Right now, both uh, DeAndre Hopkins and Odo Beckham are in the top 12 for overall air yards thrown to them this season. The, the two that are underperforming that volume the hardest and the two that are most likely to aggress. So despite the team situation, I do think Odo Beckham has a good chance of bouncing back pr- pretty soon. And the other players uh, that spiked on this list for me, by the way, were Tyler Boyd. He's getting a, a really high amount of air yards and a pretty good whopper share, which is when you weight air yards by target share for the team's market share of uh, whatever it, it, it's just a percentage of how valuable those air yards are so i'd be paying attention to tyler boyd as well he's someone who's also perform underperforming on a touchdown per yard basis um again if you're interested in digging into any of those numbers more i've posted them all like uh, a crazy nerd um all over twitter and all over my patreon feed so check those out if you want to see them some more that's my quick um, breakdown of Odo Beckham. What's going on is he's getting all the volume, he's underperforming it, but we should keep betting on that volume. Nothing groundbreaking, but I'm not hearing him talked about too much, uh, at least in my small bubble. So I, I thought that was a more interesting situation, especially when you've got DeAndre Hopkins, who people I, I think are a lot less worried about. I think since they have similar volume, I would keep betting on them the same way. All right, thanks, guys. Um, and keep checking the feed because Garrett's going to come on and hopefully we'll have another episode um, on the Dynasty Crossroads for you guys with uh, some Dynasty trade targets um, at each position at uh, I'm also going to divide it or try to divide it between what situation your team might be in, whether you're winning or losing. So after talking with John last week, I've just been finding that an interesting way to think about trade targets. Um, And so I thought I'd try and keep that wrong. Thanks again for checking us out here at the Crossroads and I'll see you next week. Yeah. Chicken a crow, chicken a crow, crossing the road, go. Clicking a poll, Twitter is gold, play unfold, so. Jake on the table and Nate on the place, no. Pete enumerates the plays, they're analytical. Picking my nose, don't really know if I like that. Picking their brains, got different lanes, but I like that. Picking these guys, all of these times, all of these nice stats. Picking apart, the film is an art, always a fight back and forth. There is no order, they disorder more and more because the players ain't no older. They some hoarders or some mortars, dropping bombs without no borders. You got that, I, I like mortar. Peak grinding numbers like molars, I don't know anymore. I am at a crossroads. Chicken a crow, chicken a crow, crossing the road, go. Clicking a poll, Twitter is gold, play unfold, so. Jake on the table and Nate on the place, no. Pete enumerates the plays, they're analytical. Chicken a crow, chicken a crow, crossing the road, go. Clicking a poll, Twitter is gold, play unfold, so. Jake on the table and Nate on the place, no. Pete enumerates the plays, they're analytical.